0: Hello mamas, Laura here and today we are chatting all about poisons and falls management in young children. Enjoy! Hey mama, I'm sending you wonderful pregnancy
1: vibes. It's time for you to guide you through. Let's take some time for you. It's Pregnancy with fizzy.
0: Hello, mamas, and welcome back to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast. Today, we are kicking off with episode four, our final episode in the Baby First Aid series, diving into poisons and falls management in young children. So this is episode four of a four-part Baby First Aid series with the amazing midwife, nurse, and first aid educator, Edwina Sharrock. In case you missed it, we have already released the first three episodes in this Baby First Aid series, where we covered choking, prevention, and management – common breathing issues in children and the current SIDS guidelines. These are a must listen for all parents to be. So please go ahead, listen to those, be one step ahead of any of these situations and be confident with knowing how to manage those. So go and check out those episodes. Edwina and I also share in today's episode our personal experiences with poisons and falls in our own children so please mama know that you are not the only one these situations can be so common with babies who love to explore and it's about having the knowledge and education to prevent it if possible and to manage it well if it does happen now don't forget we also have a bonus fifth episode exclusively available to members inside the pregnancy posse where Edwina gives us the breakdown on exactly what you'll need in your home first aid kit. So none of the extra fluffy things, just the bare basics, important solutions that you'll need to manage any first aid problem at home. And remember this entire podcast series and all our other podcast series, along with our exclusive member only content is all live right now inside the Pregnancy Posse. So if you'd love to access all the bonus content and listen to or watch this series right now, please go and check out the Pregnancy Posse. When you join the Pregnancy Posse, I will guide you week by week through your pregnancy with safe weekly workouts tailored to your exact week of pregnancy. I also do a weekly Q&A session where I answer all of the questions from our amazing Posse members There is also a lovely community forum where posse members all support each other along with an extensive resources library, which will help you avoid the dreaded Google searching. Now, I would love to help you have a healthy, active, pain-free pregnancy. So just head over to thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, let's get into episode four, the final episode in this baby first aid series. You're going to love today's chat with Edwina as we chat about poisons and false management in young children. Enjoy. I want to talk about poisons because I know this is
1: another really oh, yeah. scary thing. And I know this, this will often happen in my situation anyway, where your child becomes very... Very good at exploring. Probably yeah. just before you realise you need to start blocking off yep. cupboards and things like that. And I know for me, again, like total mum, honest segment. Mussy, um, mussy. Yes, mussy. Ate like a cleaning tablet. A. um uh, yeah cleaning tablet and that's the only time I've had to touch wood call for help just to double check Um, but I can see how they they have all sorts of things put in their body so what's the down low on poisons
2: okay again I'm going to go back to prevention is better than cure yes so you think that your little six-week-old baby will never be able to get into the sink or under the sink, which is often where we all store cleaning products or dishwashing tablets or, you know, um, some pretty corrosive cleaning products unless you're all natural. But, like, that's often where it will be found. And you think about as your child becomes more of an explorer, that is going to be one of the first places that they go to. So do it now. Do it now in pregnancy. Just get those things up higher have a medication cabinet, so don't be having it, you know. And, again, full disclosure, I still remember Polly going, yuck, yuck, I could hear her (laughs) saying yuck. And I was like, what's she, you know, what's she doing? I think she was about 18 months old, and I had Nurofen in my bedside table, Uh, and she had popped one of the tablets and had crunched it. Okay. And, you know, thankfully I kind of knew therapeutic levels. Yeah. So she's only crunched one tablet. But I will say... I still called, and everybody grab out your phone, Thirteen eleven twenty six. So this is part of the little um, booklet that everyone does, the program who does, and I say put your emergency numbers here. Like even if yes. you're not, you know, doing my course, please make something that you stick on the fridge, triple O, 13 11 26, and maybe your GP, your local hospital, um, your partner's number so that if you're leaving the child with a babysitter, though, those kind of things because you don't want it to be, again, feeling panicked. 1311 having 11 to 26 Google. Is, yeah, exactly. 13 11 26 in Australia is the mm-hmm. poison's information hotline. Now, again, in emergency, if a child or an adult comes in and they've ingested something or they've had something spilt on them, so remember a poison can also be topically something mm-hmm. spilt on the child, um, so again, store things up away, things in the shed, Uh, Where we see children who are affected by poisons, it's usually when their normal routine is, you know, a bit out of whack. There's visitors visiting or Mm -hmm. they're at a family friend's house or they're in somebody else's shed because kids are inquisitive. So if there's some sort of, I don't know, some sort of green something in a cordial bottle in the shed... Mm. A lot of points taste terrible, so children won't ingest large volumes, but still not all of them do, unfortunately. Some of them can be odourless and and still children will be gross and drink them like we've already talked about with dog poo and cigarette. <laughs> the
1: things um, they like. <laughs> I know, but in
2: emergency, we will pick up the phone and call 13 11 26. That's so interesting. I think it's a really good tip because I still remember the first time looking after a child that the mum was worried she'd drunk shampoo okay. and my big ED consultant was like, call this number, take yes. the shampoo bottle with you, they'll tell you what to do. Yeah, so like that's, that's the advice that we're using in the emergency department. I will say if though you have any concerns, if this breathing is affected, if your child's unconscious, do not call 13 11 26, yes. call triple O. Okay, mm-hmm. that sort of bumps that um you need to be getting that child to emergency services we will be doing that for you and on your behalf mm. also don't assume if you can if you think that your child has ingested something don't assume that you need to make them vomit i think uh, that's again a big myth mm. because if it was something that was corrosive mm. that your baby has ingested sorry just uh, a um if that's something corrosive going down and you induce vomiting. Mm. You are just doubling up on the amount of corrosiveness. So things okay. like strano, things like that, they actually will burn the stomach lining very quickly. Oh. But please don't induce vomiting because it's only going to mm. do more damage coming back up. And I know it's hugely confronting. And I wish I could say that we haven't seen that before, mm. but we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but store those things yes. away from children. That's, yes. That's, that's Everything I'm hearing from
1: you is the message is just do it before it's a problem and yeah. don't assume that it's safe and that the child can't no. get into it. Just get it out of their yeah. reach. Yeah. Because when Mussey ate this cleaning tablet, I actually, um, I thought it was childproof, the the twist cap on it. So yeah. I was actually very surprised he could even open it. But yeah. Kids are clever, and they'll find a way yeah. to to get into things that they shouldn't. So I mean, think-
2: we have um like chewy multivitamins, mm-hmm. and Theo about two years ago said, "I said, oh no, Roscoe, can you get that? It's got a kids lock on it." And he said, "No, mum." He oh, just <laughs> push and turn. I was like, "He's having I was
1: them like, weekly like, before <laughs> yeah
2: I was like, I was like "Great!" It's like I have these every
1: morning, mum. What do you mean yeah. I can't open them? Yeah. <laughs>
2: Oh, oh no. Uh, oh, yes, no so very good. Poison. And again, knowing what to do. Like, yes, prevention is better than cure but knowing what to do yes. if something does
1: happen. Yeah, no, great. Really sound advice again. Now let's talk about falls because this is also something that I almost feel is inevitable for mm-hmm. children at some stage. I've certainly yeah. had my fair share of falls. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids tend to get to this six-month age where they decide that falling off a couch is a really good idea. Yep. And um, full disclosure, one of those times was because I was in a panic. Pia was on a couch. i just put her down to get her change and mussy yeah. went to do something and i had to like lunge at him to stop him from doing something forgot she was on the couch yeah she rolled off hurt a her donker head i felt like the worst person in yeah. the world but i know yeah. so many mums have been through that so what do we need to worry about with falls and again what what are we okay. looking for
2: yep absolutely and um really really common again just so you know and so that we can just we're going to sound like we could have our own <laughs> podcast, hashtag bad Moms, Bad Moms, mum guilt. Holly, we were re- renovating a old weatherboard house and it had hardwood floors and she was on her change mat. She wasn't able to roll yet at that stage mm. and I was changing her nappy and I went to get a nappy from underneath the change table and there wasn't any, you know, I almost still had one hand on her. And I leant back to get something from the cupboard, couldn't get the drawer open, like it was an old drawer, <laughs> leant around, jimmying the drawer. Then I hear, and I, oh God. Oh, burst. it's
1: the worst feeling. The it is worst the worst feeling.
2: <laughs> so, for managing that, if your child is having a fall, the good signs are that if they react quickly, so do peer cry straight away or, yes. um, yeah, yes. so that's a good thing. You know, that's a sign that again, they haven't had that delayed response or a lack of conscious loss of consciousness at all. A quick response, a quick cry, rec- cry and a big robust cry is a very good thing. Um, any child that falls like we sort of say like a meter is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a gold standard, anything more than a meter, uh, we would either encourage you to keep a really close eye on the child and their level of consciousness, or even be bringing in four hours for their level of consciousness. And you know, part of the course is I teach you how to do that so that you don't have to think like you're, you know, going to an emergency department all the time. Mm. But be aware of how they responded quickly. Are they their, nor- their normal self, you know? Mm-hmm. So is there any sign of drowsiness or not their normal behaviour? And, again, their normal behaviour for that time of the day
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, because sometimes people are like, oh, they're a bit sleepy. And I was like, yeah, well, it's 8 o'clock at night. Would your you know, two-year-old normally be going to sleep at this time? Um, so we actually let children go to sleep if we're assessing their level of consciousness. We don't keep them awake for four hours. Again, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, a bit of a myth and an old-school practice. But what we do is we let them go to sleep and I know this sounds criminal, we wake them up. So we let them go to sleep for about 10 minutes, let them have a sleep, see that they're asleep because what we are assessing is their level of consciousness and their responsiveness. Um, And then we'll say, oh, look, you can let them go back to sleep now. And, you know, mums hate us in emergency um, because they're like, you just woke my baby. Uh, But it's, you know, this is when we're concerned that there has been some sort of concussion. Yes. Also, if your baby after a fall vomits, mm. you know that can be an indication to us that there has been a sign of concussion. Um, but we would expect two vomits. So two oh. vomits to us is an indication that there is some sort of concussion. One vomit, not so. Not we're not actually as concerned when it's one vomit. Um, but again, I'd always just call the hospital, call the GP, you know, get some advice. Over a metre is when we're going to be particularly concerned. Mm. Um, If there's an obvious deformity to the bone or to the child anywhere, what is painful, like so when we talk about this in broken bones, is yes, the initial break, Mm -hmm. but then it's the bone on bone that causes the most distress, same for an adult as well. Mm. So <laughs> splinting that and making sure that the child's not able to move that limb, it's usually a limb. Mm. Um, you know, it's very rare that we will see children or toddlers that don't have limb breaks, mm. um, again, unless it's a really significant height that they've fallen from. Mm. Um, so, you know, like we don't see pelvic fractures and things in kids because, you know, they're not, they're not in the position where that can be happening. Yes. Whereas monkey bars, you know, those kind of things, yes, flying foxes, aren't flying they all banned <laughs> now? <laughs> I know, flying foxes, monkey bars, trampolines, mm. you know, um, cubby houses. This is the thing. These are, and like again, for this course, you know, even if your children are a bit older, you need to know what to do. And that's oh, why yes. you need to keep refreshing this. Mm. So, splint the limb as best you can. That can just be wrapping a piece of cardboard around it, a ruler, a stick, whatever you've got. You don't need to go and buy expensive splints and bandages and things like that Mm. if it is compound though this is super important for all parents to know that means if the bone is sticking out of the skin at all or has pierced the skin you need to call triple o yes that's incredibly painful break for the child very distressing for the child very distressing for you Mm. so cover it with something clean call triple o rather than trying to move the child um i hope my children never break a bone
1: (laughs) I know. I know. For again, someone like who works in the medical industry, I am far too squirmish.
2: Yeah, so Statistically, uh, yeah, kids break bones. It's going a to lot,
1: happen. yes. a lot. Yeah. Um, I was told, um, and you can tell me whether you agree with this or not, I was told that um, you said the one metre rule. Um, another way I was told is that if it's double their height that you double should be concerned. Height, yeah. Is that another way that you yeah. teach? Yeah. yeah.
2: So like, you know, you, you look at a baby and you think, well, actually, you know, um, a metre is a very average kind of general rule. Double yes. their height is something that we'd be concerned of.
1: Yes. Okay, great. That, that's a really good summary again. And I know when Mussy fell off the couch, he did go pale and he did vomit once, yep. but fortunately um, that was it. And then he yes. was fine. And then he was playing again within yep. maybe 10, 15 minutes, but that's good to know that the second vomit is not yep. a great sign. Same and with Polly, one vomit and I was yes. just, ah. just sitting there waiting <laughs> for the second one.
2: Um, plus if they have an egg or something like that, yes. please treat it with the um, ice Yes. You know, breast ice compression. Yeah.
1: And I think really good, I'm glad you made the point about sleeping because I know, I think there was a really big media story about a teenager years ago who um, who unfortunately passed away in his sleep and I think the whole idea was here, it was actually concussed, went to bed, died in his sleep and i think that's now panicked everyone that if you do yeah. some sort of head knock you shouldn't fall asleep that's good to know they can mm. go to sleep if they seem okay but wake them yep. up 10 minutes in and if yep. if they're waking then and that's if it's their time. normal sleep time yes if they're of course really yes.
2: drowsy and you can't keep them awake and it's not their sleep time yes that's when we're yeah that's
1: yes good clarification thank you yep. for that yep. Um, this has been so informative. Thank you so much again. All these are going to be just nuggets of my for women. My pleasure. My <laughs> pleasure.
0: Hey, mamas, Laura here. I really hope you love that chat and you feel more confident in knowing how to manage falls or poisons in your little one because as we both mentioned it is such a common situation to be caught in as our children are so inquisitive and they love to put things in their mouths and as Edwina mentioned prevention is always best so this episode might be the prompt you need to just run to the kitchen or the bathroom right now and check that there is nothing toxic within kid reach that might pose a hazard to your little one and if your child does happen to fall and it makes you feel like the worst mum in the world please come and chat to me. I promise I will make you feel better. You are not alone. So yes, it's best to be aware of potential hazards, but sometimes even the best, most attentive, safety-aware parents can't predict when their little one will decide to take a tumble. (laughs) So if you'd like to learn more from Edwina, you can find her on Instagram at birthbeat. And I would always love to hear from you over on my socials at Physiolaura and let me know your favorite learnings from this episode or if you need to vent about your own mama failings please come and talk to me. <laughs> and if you haven't already, just subscribe to the Pregnancy with Physio Laura podcast so that you don't miss our next amazing podcast series that we have coming out next week. At this stage, we are releasing a new podcast series each month and we're covering all different topics from pregnancy, birth and motherhood to help you feel confident and informed on your journey. And if you want to jump in and watch the bonus content for this baby first aid series, just head over to my online program, The Pregnancy Posse, In the bonus member-only episode for this baby first aid series, Edwina talks us through exactly what you'll need in your home first aid kit. So it will only cost around $80 and she covers the most practical items, none of the fluffy, fancy things. Inside the Pregnancy Posse, you'll also find weekly guided pregnancy workouts, an extensive resources library on birth preparation, pelvic floor exercises, and a whole heap of ways to manage pregnancy aches and pains. Plus, we have a wonderful community forum and a weekly Q&A session with me. I would love to help you have a wonderful pregnancy, birth, and postnatal experience. So just visit thepregnancyposse.com to see what the Pregnancy Posse is all about and to trial it for seven days. Now, I will catch you soon for our next amazing podcast series to be released next week. And until then, Mama, sending you wonderful pregnancy vibes and enjoy the incredible journey that is pregnancy.